Hey, everybody. Hey, cool. Welcome to this week's episode of Biz Dads, the special post-Father's Day episode of the Biz Dads, recording one day after a great Father's Day. You'll hear Andres and I talk a little bit about that. We've got some interesting conversation coming up with our you know, COVID-19 or the coronavirus check-in. We haven't talked about that in a while, so we'll see uh, where things are on both our minds. We've got a really interesting cul-de-sac chat following um, some things over the weekend, talking about the traits that you see in your kids that may be tough now versus what are what can make them great traits when they're adults. And a little touch base on our Final Four with some some music talk. Let's get into it. This week's Biz Dads. Andres, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Brad. Man, we are like official three kids, two kids. I don't even know. I keep losing track, but these Father's Days are starting to add up, making me feel really old. I know, man. I saw a thing the other day. I don't know if you've ever gotten served an ad for Wonder Dads. Um, it's like this subscription-based deal that uh, the, you know, the – Facebook ad tells me how do you want to be a great dad and blah 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 but their ad is how are you spending this time with your kids because you only get 18 summers with your kids and I was like damn that's kind of a depressing way to look at it like you do only get 18 summers before they're off and gone and you know but we're you know, making the most of it obviously it was um it was a great father's day for us what'd you guys do this father's day we, um, so we did a little uh, well I guess I should start with the morning so the kids brought me um, breakfast in bed, which was which was uh, which was awesome. They brought me a nice hot cup of coffee, brought me some some cards. You know, the handwritten cards are always awesome. Yeah. Um. So we we uh, we sat and sat around and, and laid in bed in the morning, and then we actually went to um. I I got a run in, so Heidi was like, you know, do whatever this morning. I'm gonna start working on breakfast. So I went on a run. And, uh, and that was nice. You know how hot it muggy it can be here in Georgia in the morning. So I got out early and did that and then got back and cleaned up. And we actually went, uh, we did a little uh, repeat of Mother's Day. We went to the park, um, took some food, and um, we found shade, which was necessary. And ended up hanging out um, for part of the afternoon there. And then, you know, that was like the first half of the day. And then we came back and chilled out around the house, um, played some cards, played some board games. Um, and then uh, hit the grill. You can't have Father's Day without, at some point in the weekend, hitting the grill. So Heidi bought some beautiful uh, ribeyes. So, um, of course, she had all the food ready to go. And I was the lame guy that went out, tried to turn on the, the grill, and there was no propane. So <laughs> that's, that's an ultimate dad fail. <laughs> dad fail big time. It's like, why don't I have, why don't you have two extras in the garage? So fortunately... Um, I'm old school and also have the, uh, I have the, uh, the charcoal grill as well. So I, I got that going, the Weber and, uh, Quiet. saved the day. There you go. But, uh, it was good, man. Dad. A prepared dad. Yeah, I know I recovered. So we had a good, we had a good steak dinner, had some good dessert. And then Heidi and I just, uh, we watched a couple shows to, uh, to end the night. Tell me about you. Sounds like you guys were out and about playing baseball. Yeah, man. We had a great, um, what a great Father's Day. I, people probably get tired of me talking about kids' baseball, but we were at the ballpark Saturday and Sunday uh, all the way over in um, Lilburn. Mm. Um, unbelievable facility over there. It's around uh, – the concession stand had a sign that said, voted the best concession stand in the county. 
And mm. I thought, wow, this really is a pretty good concession stand. They had ices and homemade biscuits and the whole nine. So a very early start on Saturday got us over to the ball field for two very early games, and then we got to come home. Um, so we had all day Saturday to hang out. And, um, you know, we had some fun just kind of chilling around, um, going to the pool, et cetera. Then Sunday we had um, a mid-morning game. So we got up and headed over that way, carpooled with another teammate, which was fun for the boys. Got over there and uh, had a exciting game that we won. Um, and then didn't have to be back over there till 4 o'clock. So we were done at 11.30. And we were 45 minutes away. We had just enough, like, just enough distance for us to not stay over there. So we drove home and then turned around and drove back over there. But I wouldn't have rather spent uh, Father's Day any other way. Woke up in the morning and Margaret Ann had made breakfast, which was delicious. Um, she had made this really thoughtful kind of gift basket for me that the kids helped her do with little things I like, like, um, you know, there's a couple great little shops here in town that have, you know, kind of, I don't know, what would you call them? Craftsman style, like pickles. And, you know, she got this special honey that's kind of, a, you know, this, these little spices and that kind of thing, stuff I love to use cooking. And uh, it was, it was cool. Um, but then to really top it all off. My dad came with my mom, of course. They came to watch the later game, and I got to see, you know have three generations of Olecki uh, men together with my two boys and my dad, which is it's just a special way to spend it. I mean, my parents, I mean, they've been to so many of the boys' sporting events, whether it's basketball, football, baseball. I mean, they, they get to as many as they can, and it's an hour-and-a-half drive from where they live to Lilburn. But they made the trek. Um, the boys went out big and had a really big lead. Um, something we'll talk about here in a little bit. They weren't able to finish the drill and close it out to get to the finals, but um, it was a good lesson for them anyway. But it was a great day. and We didn't get the grill in because we ordered pizza on the way home because it was late and they were hungry. But uh, I've got the grill ready to go upstairs. I'm going to do some steaks and um, a little, little mahi-mahi too when we get upstairs after all this. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, uh, yeah, no, one of the, obviously, you know, who doesn't like opening cards and seeing homemade things from your kids. So that was a highlight. Um, and then of course, you know, we all like opening up a gift or two, right? So I have to do a couple shout outs. Um, new product. I don't know if you've seen them or heard of them. Um, I hadn't, but my, uh, my in-laws, Jim and Dion, Heidi's mom and dad, uh, bought me a pair of Kane 11 socks and so Heidi said okay so I hadn't and um so I wore them today for work and uh so shout out to Jim and Dion big thank you um they got me a pair of black dress socks and um yeah you know it's funny how you know you 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 dress up for work too and you wear suits you know and stuff like that so it's always like you um especially when you're traveling, like, and I have not traveled a, a great deal, but when you're traveling and you're like walking all over the airport and in and out of meetings, especially and it's hot, like you just want to have like comfortable, not sweaty, gross feet. Um, <laughs> so these socks are awesome. I'm, uh, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to look into, you know, getting some running ones or some hiking ones. So that was cool. Um, the other thing, uh, my mom, shout out to my mom, Connie, she got me a book that, um, I uh, actually heard about on another podcast um, called The Inner Game of Tennis. And it's a book that was written, I don't know, it's probably 
30, 40 years old, um, heard about it on Michael Lewis's podcast. And um, it's, it's a little bit about tennis, but it's a lot more about the mental game um, of sports and life and coaching. So I'm looking forward to digging into that because you know I'm a big, that, yeah. yeah, you know I'm a big reader. Um, that sounds like something yeah. I want to I want to crack open too because I'm not a big yeah. reader. So when you're done yeah. with it, I want to know what it's like. Yeah, know. definitely, definitely. And it's not a big read. Uh, looks like it's it's kind of a, a pretty fast you know couple nights type of thing. Perfect for me. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and then Heidi, uh, yeah, and then Heidi hooked me up with. Um, with a new uh, pop-up Coleman tent. Um, you know those tents that you take to the beach and, you know, they're good for about two, maybe three trips to the beach and yeah. by, you know, the third trip, they're full of sand, we've the legs break. Together, I think, yeah. <laughs> we've just destroyed a couple of them. So, uh, so yeah, so she hooked me up uh, with one of those and then, you know, we're doing the Great American Road Trip as you, as you had talked about on a prior podcast and yeah. uh, I'm seeing, I don't know about you, but I'm seeing all these ads on TV about Winnebago's and, going to national parks and buying a new car to take on a road trip. Like, you know, how more, how much more American can you be like, Oh, we needed a new car to take our road trip as a family. (laughs) Um, so we, so anyway, we're, um, so we're planning a road trip. We're going to get into some of the dynamics about that trip here later in the show. But, uh, but yeah, so she, so she and I are, are researching bike racks. I don't know about you, Brad, but like, we don't need borrow. Dude, we don't even own that many bikes. And I'm like looking at all these bike racks and I'm like, it's complicated. Dude, like, just borrow just mine. Trying to find one. I think I'll take you up on that. I mean, mine goes in the hitch and it holds four bikes. Oh, and dude. You, you could put you could put, you know, the smaller ones on the same rack. I, I bought mine used on like Facebook Marketplace or whatever. It's a six hundred dollar yeah. rack that like swings out so you can open the back gate and all that. And I got it for like hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, I'm liking that. Uh, I'm not buying that new. I'm, I'm, I'm no. Jose, because we're going down to the beach in a few weeks, and I, I'm going to have to do th- like what we normally do. I'm going to have to take all the bikes and the trailer with the cart, and because you know, we take our golf cart down there, as you know. And I mean, we got to get all that crap on there. So, I mean, I splurged 150 bucks on Facebook Marketplace, but don't go buy one of those new things. You can borrow ours for sure. Wait, did I hear you say you're going to the beach? We're going to try to get down there in a few weeks. We're working. We're working on it right now. Impressive. Impressive. Yeah. That's, that's Florida's awesome. not the place. I mean, we'll talk about it more in a minute because Florida's not yeah. a place that um, I think anybody is really looking at going right now because all the craziness. But uh, we, we we'll talk more about it. But it's definitely yeah, something that's been on for our sure. Mind. So um, so let me ask you a question about baseball. Um, so these these uh, these double headers that you guys play on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, by the time Sunday afternoon evening rolls around like are the boys so dialed up in baseball and like so so into it by uh by sunday night i mean i remember what it was like to play a lot of games in a couple days and it's just it's nothing better being that age and being able to play baseball well i mean i i I think one as a family we totally get into it i mean as you know and as my wife has said on one of our previous episodes i don't really do anything small so we move about a whole room when we go to the ballpark because you know we take the 10 by 10 tent to your previous point you got to have the tent for the shade i bought this little 18 volt ryobi fan because it's you know hinges on the gates of hell hot outside oh yeah oh yeah these days and um you know i've got one cooler that's all that's the ice down because ben catches so i've got the ice down you know cold rags for him in one cooler i've got the cooler full of snacks for andrew because andrew and the 
the three other younger brothers that are his same age, they're Lord of the Flies around these ballparks. They're literally off like in creeks and they <laughs> they come back to check in for yogurt um, or those little snackable like peanut butter and jelly things, crustables or whatever they're called. And I mean, dude, we, we chairs and it's it's ridiculous. I've got one of the I big beach carts I pull. So the, the whole back of the car is totally filled with this stuff. <laughs> and we prepare on Friday nights. You know, Ben gets amped up because he's ready to go. Um, this was a big week for us because the kids had their walk-up songs for the first ah. time. And, and let me say something here because I don't know how many people that listen are do this travel baseball thing, but I, sh- I have a very big internal struggle between becoming that dad and trying to keep some level of normalcy in and in, in not – emphasizing the importance of it because it's eight-year-old baseball mm-hmm. so um it, it, it's, it's a constant battle for me internally but dude it's like a it's a full-time job with some of these some of these parents bring setups like you'd never believe there's total sound systems because the kids have these unbelievable walk-up songs there's literally an app you can download to where you can have one of the famous pa announcers from like 10 major league ballparks record your kids names it'd be like now batting number <laughs> 25 benjamin olecky and then his uh, song awesome. plays it's like chipper jones coming to the damn plate um but it's nuts man so the kids did that this time so that got us talking about music and the kids walk up songs on our team ranged from the turtles the 70s <laughs> the 70s band to two chains with post malone wow. and john fogarty all mixed in in between it was pretty funny but we had we had talked about it and the coaches and some of the parents had been really against it but it worked out really well for the kids because it got them amped up so we kind of changed the routine this whole week but I, I it got us talking with our boys about their music have you ever talked to your kids about the music oh, yeah yeah, no, I come downstairs and they've got YouTube kids on and there is, there's so many, I mean, shows and artists that I'm like, I hope it's appropriate. I think it is. But uh, yeah, man, there's so much stuff out there that they're seeing and, and getting exposed to on the music front. Definitely different than I when mean, we were growing up. Like, I mean, kids bop is something you probably, of course, I mean, yep. that's in, in itself is fascinating to me how they can. Yeah change a couple lyrics to songs and record them yeah uh, and then go on tour uh and print out cds you know i mean so our kids were talking about kids bop right and then it started talking about um youtube artists that have these songs i don't remember anybody i don't know if you remember but like i don't know maybe 10 years ago it was that maybe not even that long ago was that song friday right mm. it was that girl came out and it was this terrible song, but she had become popular on the internet and she recorded this song. It was the first one I remember of like terrible music, but became ridiculously popular just because this girl was on the internet. The, my kids watched this kid, this uh, YouTuber named Steven Scherer and the Scherer family. Okay. So this is a family of, of like, you know, I think three kids, their mom, and they make all these YouTube videos. This guy's making so much money. On Grace. <laughs> he owns a, he has a Lamborghini he has a G-Wagon they own a Tesla 
and I mean, they have these two houses on each coast. This whole family, and all they do are these just crazy videos of like who can stay on the trampoline the longest, and they do little science experiments for the kids. It's crazy. Well, now all of a sudden, this dude gets uh, to making music, and my boys are on the way over to the ball field are like, play in my Jeep or play jump in. And I'm like, dude, I started listening to these songs. Yeah. Oh my God. They're terrible. <laughs> um, unless you're eight, <laughs> unless you're eight, if you're eight, yeah. it's the greatest thing ever because this guy on TV sings it, but the, you know, it's like kind of singing, kind of rapping. The, the lyrics are just cheesy as hell. And, uh, but the kids love it. Right, they absolutely get into it, and I'm like, I cannot listen to this any longer. Couldn't do That's it. That's awesome. That's funny. Yeah, we. Uh, well, you were. Yeah, you were mentioning. Um, you were mentioning the baseball, and it brought back a lot of memories of you know, just the hours and hours and hours our parents just sat there in the stands and all the stuff you're talking about, like packing the night before and making sure you know. We just had every little thing we needed, right? To to, and it's funny to hear you talking about it because, like you said, you're a little ahead of us in terms of the team sports and certainly playing uh, travel ball, etc. Um, we'll see if 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 the boys get into that. My boys get into that, but but uh, but I bet that's got to be awesome. Like thinking back of your experiences and now you're doing that. You know, you guys are sort of helping Ben and Andrew to have those experiences, and then you know, your dad was there, right? Yeah, he was. And I wonder, and I need to ask him this because I don't remember him putting all of the, like he was always there. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But it was like, it was like, do you have your glove, your your bat and your hat? Okay, good. Let's go to the ball field. Now it was simpler. Now I'm going, do you have this and do you have that? And then do we, and what all do we need? I mean, we're moving room of our house to a ball field for a day, putting it up. Then the, then the game ends and you're, breaking it all down so the next family can move in their room and then their game's over and you move back in it's literally there needs to be a, like an exercise in logistics on how efficiently families operate in the travel baseball world simply because like it's it's like this amazing community of everyone understands the situation so the team yeah. that finished before us you know they move all their stuff out and we're talking and communicating and then we're getting things set up our way and and then you throw in the whole the 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 uh requirements and changes that they're implementing because of the the coronavirus and so there's new things like you can't use the dugouts and the kids have to spread apart and all this stuff um but it is yeah, it is as efficient as you can see community work uh on a regular basis it's pretty impressive yeah um, but the kids That's awesome these walk-up songs got me talking to the boys today so i was picking them up from camp um Eventually, we're going to have on uh, Eric Kamansky, who is a great friend and, and runs a, a, a camp called Way to Play. He's actually a, a uh, an elementary school PE teacher at one of the local schools here, and he started this Way to Play, which is a PE pro, an after school uh, you know program, and then he does these camps. So we're at the camps with the kids today, and we had another set of boys, um, good friends of ours that we carpooled with, and I was like, guys, let, you know, let's talk about your music. <laughs> Right. And they're like, let's listen to some rock and roll. So I finally started educating them on rock and roll. And we were listening to great rock and roll bands from, you know, the 70s, 80s and 90s. And what I found out is they really loved Metallica. 
Mm. Okay. They they did not like Aerosmith at all. I'm a big Aerosmith fan. They did not like Aerosmith at all. I like Metallica too, but it was by far their favorite. Um, they loved Kiss. Really got into to Kiss. The music or the outfits or both? The music. The music. Okay. Yeah, they got gotcha. into that. Um, they kind of liked Pearl Jam. I think Pearl Jam is my favorite my, my favorite rock and roll band of all time. So they got is into it? Pearl Jam. They got it got a six on their rating scale where. You know, Enter Sandman was a 10 from Metallica. Um, they loved ACDC, which yeah. you know, ACDC totally. has been Andrew's favorite song. Um, Back in Black has been Andrew's favorite song since he was like two. Yeah. Uh, but the other boys got into it as well. They didn't like um, Poison. Yeah. Um, Def Leppard? Any Def Leppard? Any Guns Def Leppard. I didn't get into Def Leppard. I didn't get into... Um, you know, uh, Guns N' Roses. I thought the lyrics. I, didn't, I hadn't pressure tested the lyrics with sure. five kids, you know, eight and younger on the in the car. But um, I, it was interesting. They didn't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They didn't like uh, um, what was the other one? I think I said that they didn't like Poison. But they really loved the heavy hitting Metallica, man. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I. Uh... Yeah, my um, yeah, my kids they know with uh, with their dad like there's there's going to be usually music on usually either before, during, or after dinner. Um, I just grew up listening to a lot of music. I'm sure you did too. I, I um, I think I annoy Heidi a lot of times because she's like, just turn it down. Let's just have a dinner conversation. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about just having that beat on in the background, which is cool. So, yeah, that's good. No, I mean one last point on the baseball thing. I mean I uh, yeah, I I got a. You know, you have you have good buddies from from you know where you grew up in college and all that, and and uh, you've met a number of the guys that I went to school with at, at Kansas. Um, there's like six or seven of us, and I, um, man, I I was typing out a message to them. Just you, usually we kind of send a text around on a big day like a Father's Day or Christmas or something, and I don't know, man, I got kind of choked up. I think I think it's starting to. I think it's starting to feel as I'm getting a little older and I see how fast our kids are growing up, like, and then I see how fast my friends' kids are growing up and how we don't see each other as much. And you're seeing now these moments that are big moments for these kids and and for their dads and moms who are like my buddies from when I was, you know, 12, 15, 20. So last night I got a... um, uh, I got a text. We all got a text from uh, from our boy Biz. You know Biz. Um, they live in Kansas City, and and he sent a video of his son Jack hitting a walk off homer to like win the game, win the tournament, and it you know it was so awesome. And then they had pictures of all these you know boys. I'm not sure how old are they? Maybe 10, 12 years old. Um, all uniforms, all crusty, dirty, you know, all grimy from like a weekend of playing baseball. And they had these big, huge, like, huge rings that they had been given. You know how we used to get the trophies and medals and stuff? And this was pretty neat. Like, I'm sure it'll be a huge collector's item for these these boys. But I don't know if that's the new thing. But they got these giant rings. And, uh, yeah, man, I was just typing out a note to them, just telling them, you know, how much they mean to me and my brother and how awesome it's been to see all of us just, you know, not all of us have kids. It's not about just that. It's, it's just being able to know that wherever you've gone in your life, um, 
And, uh, and I think you and I have this relationship, you know, when I left Atlanta and, and our wives, I remember that moment when we were in the kitchen at six in the morning and, uh, we were getting out of the, you're getting out of your hair. And I just remember Heidi and Margaret Ann, like looking at each other and both like breaking down and crying. And I was like, man, what have I done? I'm dragging her away from her best friend. And here we are, you know, four or five years later, we're back. So it's, uh, I don't know, as I get older, these, these father's day weekends, I think they become a little bit more special and they also become more special probably for you as you think about your own dad and you think about all the stuff that you, you know, you probably didn't realize he did for you, like load you up, get you to ball games on time, get you to practices, make sure you had a meal between games, all that stuff that you're doing for your boys. Um, I think that one day they'll look back and they'll, you know, they'll definitely appreciate it. Well, I can tell you from, and it's a great story, and I love hearing that. And, and I can tell you from experience that, like, having my dad there yesterday, in the moment, you're kind of like, hey, he, he makes an effort to come to most of them. It's great to see him again. But then you add in that it's Father's Day, and then you add in everything that's been going on, and it, it was just great. And, 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 look, my dad is my best friend. He will always be my best friend. Um, my everything I am is because of, of him and my mom and, and how they raised us. Um, and he, you know, he sent a note to your point. He sent my brother and I an email last night that got me all teared up because it was like, Hey, I just want you to know that I love being able to spend time today with you and the boys. And he got to FaceTime Kevin and Gabby, his wife, um, it was Kevin's side note, Kevin's first father's day too, with, his, awesome. dog, his dog Samson. They don't have any kids yet, but they're they're puppy puppy kids. Um, and we're playing in this in his member guest. So my dad's a big golfer, and he belongs to a club not too far from here. And um, for him, the greatest thing that he could ever do is play with us in this member guest. So my brother and I have alternated every year. I'll play one year. My brother will play the next. Well, this year is my year. It got moved. It's usually Father's Day weekend, so it would have just happened this past weekend. It got moved to the first week in August. I'm going to play with him then. But my brother came down because one of my dad's best friends invited my brother to play. Right? So now all three of us are going to be able to be together. We're going to be able to go play this golf and, 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 and get it. It's a great time. It's a lot oh, yeah. of fun. Um, but I take for granted being so close to my dad and my mom. I take for granted seeing them as much as I do. And we have a friend, um, a very close friend of ours, who's, you know, whose mom is struggling right now. And and you, you just start to think like, man, you know, aging parents is something that we have to prepare for. And we should probably at some point talk about this in more detail and do some research on it because it is something that we now as as the older, like for me, I'm the oldest sibling, right? Um, when things start to happen i'm i'm here i'm close i'm gonna have to start taking care of it um like you know in your case nikki's there she's closer yeah yeah like it starts to run through my mind and it's not to be morbid but you just have to think about all that stuff right and, and that's why i get emotional when i when i think about all how amazing it is right now and then check myself to say you know what like you better better love the fact that he's there you better love the fact that he can influence my boys. And that's something I don't think enough about too, is how both my, both sets of grandparents on our side of the family, my, my wife's parents who are great. And my parents, obviously who I love, 
are impacting my boy's life on a regular basis. And yeah. that is probably more valuable than anything else. So total sidebar, not something that was on our, our, no, uh, our segment it, episode outline today, but definitely worth talking about. Yeah, for sure. My, uh, yeah, my, my, my last thought on father's day, cause it's, uh, it, it, it is, I mean, we're dads and we're trying to be better dads every day, I think. And that's part of being a biz dad, right? Um, improving your business and proving being a dad. I, I read something this weekend and I told, um, I looked at Frankie, our daughter and, and Heidi while we were having that dinner last night to finish the weekend. And I said, Frankie, you know how you spell love? And she goes, uh, she's eight. And she's like, L-O-V-E. And I said, yeah, that's one way. And she goes, well, that's how you spell it. And I said, there's another way. She goes, no, there isn't. I said, no, I read somewhere. There's a new way to spell it. It's called T-I-M-E. And Heidi looked at me like, hmm, I like that. So I think I scored a dad point last night, maybe a, maybe a husband point last there night with go. that one. Yeah, so anyway, it was a great weekend. Um, you know, I wish we could do it more, uh, make it more special like that. But I think that's why Father's Day is only once a year. Um, <laughs> and Mother's Day is 365 days. 364 it, yeah, days they get the other 364 as right. it should be. So good stuff. Well, hey, let's jump into uh, the one topic we wanted to cover this week. Um, in this week's kind of sports and biz or current events, we'll call it. Let's jump into a little bit of conversation around what's going on uh, with COVID-19 or the coronavirus, the, the, the global pandemic we're facing. Um, you know, numbers are spiking in, I think, 23 states I just saw. Um, I have a – I'll share my view on it in just a second, but – um, I saw where, you know, the mayor of Miami and like four other surrounding cities are going to mandate that they wear masks down there because they were seeing a pretty big increase. Actually, the the highest percentage of them under 45. So it's the first time you see that high percentage of, uh, for lack of a better term, younger adults um, contracting the virus. You know, we're on the, in the process of uh, going to the beach, as I mentioned. Um in Florida <laughs> and mm. I'm like, all right, well, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to handle all this? And, and I don't want your opinion on this, but I'll, I'll give you mine real quick. I am at the point now where this may sound stupid, but I'm like, I want to catch it and I want to be done with it. Um, it's a, that's a naive thing to say, but I want the herd mentality to kick in. I want, I think people need to build up, their immunity to this um i think that as long as the hospital stays and the deaths stay down and we're smart on how we are with at-risk people and we're conscious of that when we're in public and wearing masks in the right situations etc um we don't necessarily need to go backwards but i I say that because there's such a divide right now in how to act, I think. I mean, when we go out in public and we're in an outdoor space, nobody's wearing masks. Mm -hmm. um, we, we stopped at Publix the other day, and I threw the mask on and went into Publix. I, uh, I wouldn't say that's a consistent thing for me, that every time I go into a store I'm wearing it. I, I should, but, I mean, it's 50-50 when you're in there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, 
as I'm looking at going down to Florida, I'm like, you know what? I think we probably control it there just as well as we can here as long as we're not going out and sitting down in restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. But how are you guys handle it? I mean, what's your thought on it? Just as it relates to if you are exposed to it, are you worried? Are you scared? How are you treating it with the family, et cetera? So we've – no, I mean, look, I feel like the – I feel like the last few weeks, the overall um, level of focus as a family for us um, has definitely um, been higher. We have been social distancing, I think, um, pretty well, relative, relatively speaking, um, over the last you know three months. Um, I did start going back to the office three weeks ago. Um, this is the start of my second full week in the office. Um, did my first couple of meetings, um, in the last, uh, two weeks, got my first, uh, flight business trip coming up and we are trying to plan a family trip in there, um, to go see in-laws. And it's been a very, uh, important and relevant topic of conversation because, you know, Heidi and I have, have said, uh, as I mentioned on last week's show, you know, we're going to take COVID tests before we get on the road and do our drive with the kids to go see our in-laws. We've told, you know, the in-laws, you know, that I'm back to work and that, you know, we're, while we're trying to social distance, Georgia's been open more. Um, we're trying to be cautious. I mean, I'm wearing a mask um, definitely anytime I'm in a, a store, uh, going in, going out. I'm wearing a mask going into my office. I'm trying to touch the elevator with a napkin or trying, you know, I was this morning, I stopped at the grocery store and bought, you know, more sort of um, hand sanitizer. And I'm just trying to probably do a lot of those things um, a little bit more mindfully here over the last few weeks. What's interesting is that um, everybody's still across the board, right? Like I was in North Carolina last week, and some people were masked up and, you know, other people were carrying on. I mean, and the more I talk to people, the more I realize that kind of how we had discussed in prior shows, you know, some people are doing big group activities and, and that's cool. I mean, I'm not going to judge. I just know that you have to just, you know, you kind of have to sort of take an approach of what's my family, what's my level of comfort. And then, you know, like with our um, father's day, we, the same family that we, we went to the mountains with, the same family that we did Mother's Day with is the same family that we did Father's Day with. So we kind of had that same loop of people, and we kind of have that trust factor, I think, amongst one another that we're going to be mindful of, you know, making sure that they know kind of what we're up to and vice versa. It doesn't mean that we won't socialize with other folks, but I guess just that's the one family um, that, that we've been able to probably do a little bit more with. And, uh, and this next big, I think hurdle for our family is going to be this trip. Like I mentioned to you in our pre-show, um, because that introduces two new families, you know, my in-laws, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, their kids. Um, and you multiply the number of people and where everybody's at. And again, I'm not here to judge. I just, I want everybody to ultimately come out of this and be safe. And I mean, I, at the same time, I have a, you know, I have a career, I have a job, you know, my company wants me, you know, out there making things happen. And yet, you know, I think they want me to do it safely. But, uh, 
but the economy, you know, factor, the economic factor is definitely driving a lot of the activity. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be getting on an airplane, you know, later this week if I necessarily didn't have to, but you know, there's an opportunity, there's a, there's, there's, you know, a specific reason they want me to go, you know, see these folks and I'm going to go down there. So it's another one of those sort of hurdles you have to kind of get over mentally. Um, How are you guys, are you, um, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but are you afraid of catching it? Are you afraid? And what makes, what, what drives the fear? Um, Are you more worried about others around you if you were to be exposed to it? Like what's. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's the, so I, I, I mean, in terms of the preexisting conditions, I mean, fortunately I'm pretty healthy. So I, you know, I haven't had a lot of those. I did have you know, bad asthma when I was growing up. And I have had um, some asthma problems as an adult, nothing severe. But from what I understand, you know, it, it can have, um, it can be worse on people who have kind of a compromised immune system or a compromised, um, you know, whether it's asthma or just other other conditions. Um, so, you know, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's as much me being concerned about it as me being conscientious and concerned that I'm not exposing my family to it. Yes, kids tend to bounce back and get better quicker. Yes, I've met a lot of people who are, they kind of shrug and joke and say, well, I think I probably already had it, you know, because they had something in the winter that they didn't really ever get diagnosed, they didn't ever get tested for, and they're like, it had to be COVID. It was some kind of crud and it wasn't the flu. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's also impacting, um, you know, more Hispanics, more African Americans than non-Hispanics and non-African Americans. Being that I'm Hispanic, I mean, I can't say that that's not a variable and a factor. Yeah. I mean, I fortunately am pretty healthy. I think my wife and you know the kids were pretty healthy, so I'm hopeful that if one of us or all of us were to contract it, um, which maybe it does happen at some point. Um, that we would, you know, bounce back. Yeah. And I guess it's just kind of the unknown. I'm hearing more about people that are middle-aged, you know, in their 40s, you know, in their 30s getting it, and maybe they bounce back quicker, and maybe it's not, you know, super, super severe, but gosh, I really don't want to take that chance. What about you? I mean, how do you, how are you feeling about it? You know, I, it's weird, man. I've, I'm, it crosses my mind that it could be bad. Like that, that drives a little bit of fear, but the fear probably comes from the unknown of hearing so many different things. I don't know what to believe. And, you know, if I were to contract it, I think the, the number one thing for me would be to make sure that I, I have protected my kids and I have protected the older people uh, in my life and that I should be fine. I'm overweight, but healthy. Um, I don't have high blood pressure or diabetes or, or, or anything like that. Um, I have sleep apnea, but I mean, I, I don't think that's an issue. So it's like those kind of things you start to think about, like, I, you know, if I were to catch it, well, I'd be fine. Um, I, I, I half jokingly, half seriously said, I'd, I'd rather just get it and be done with it because, um, if the symptoms are flu-like, then I'm fine. You know, being out of commission for, for seven to ten days, dealing with it, um, and and hoping that that that's it. Uh, I don't. I'm tired of it controlling my life. 
and I'm tired <laughs> of it controlling our family's life. So for us, we have been more active. Um, yeah. We have been out at the ball field. We have been, and we're still being smart. I mean, look, we're um, following all the guidelines and the restrictions that are out there, uh, probably a little more so by uh, using you know, hand sanitizer and washing our hands and Clorox wipes and Clorox spraying down everything the kids touch from the bleachers to the stands to the, the bats and the, you know, the fence and everything. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I can't allow being a business owner. I cannot allow this to, to cripple my business. Um, I cannot allow this to cripple cripple or, or negatively impact the mental state of my family. Um, I'm a, big believer in that we we've got to keep our mental strength about us and we've got to engage with people we're a social family that you know we're around a lot of the same people but um I, on, on the other hand i don't want to go out and and put someone else at risk so by going out and um wearing a mask when i'm at Publix, you know i, I want to do that kind of stuff Am yeah I wearing a mask around the baseball field no uh, but you know neither is anybody else and I'm a f- I'm tired of the fear that has been instilled in everybody, and just like everything from politics to sports, you name it, everybody's in a different position. There's a the big divide, right? And that probably more than anything is what bothers me the most. In where I hope it just kind of everybody these numbers that are spiking, that the deaths go down because it is a younger group, and people realize that it's not as bad for the, for the younger contractors. Um, Well, the thing that the thing about it to me though, is I haven't yet met too many people who I would say are of the mindset that, you know, of course they, they want to be healthy and they don't want to contract COVID-19 and they don't want their family to contract it and they don't want to spread it to somebody but most of the people who I have come into contact with, whether I work for them, whether I do business with them and talk, we talk on the phone, um, friends, most of the people who are in the camp of, you know, we'll be fine, it's not going to be that bad, I feel sometimes that they are more vocal about the fact that you shouldn't be concerned and that you are more of an alarmist if you are wearing a mask or you do throw up some kind of uh well, I don't know if I'm ready to try. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what to me is so that's to me, what kind of creates the divide is that I've said from the very beginning and I've tried to be consistent with this, even to my neighbors, like I'm not going to judge you, but don't judge me. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I'm not, that I'm not Every day, I'm not right. I'm not going to judge you if you have 30 people over at your house for barbecue, but don't judge me for not coming. You know, if if I don't feel comfortable getting on a flight, and we can do the we can do the meeting over Zoom, and the person on the other end is okay with that, then why are you inserting your beliefs and no, this is going to change the outcome if you're there? Well, we don't know that, right? So, is traveling putting you at an undue or at a higher risk of contracting it, we could debate that. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of people who I've seen over the last three or four months who the moment that they feel like you're being conservative or cautious or 
whatever the term is, you know, you're wearing a mask or you're not going out or you're not socializing, like, I don't know, I start to feel judged, which I think is really unfortunate because at the end of the day, we're talking about people's health, right? I mean, it's one thing if they're like, well, you need to come to work. And I say, I'm not coming to work. Like, it's not gotten to that point, but it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope you don't ever feel like I'm judging you for you being out and about. I don't feel like I've ever made a comment like, wow, you're kind of crazy, Brad. I don't think you should be doing that. You're putting your family at undue risk. Like, but I definitely have heard people say to me, well, when are you going to go out and about? Like, when are you going to go resume your life? When are you going to go start traveling again? When are you going to get on a plane? I'm like, when I feel damn ready to go get on a plane, what are you worried about? Right. Why are you uncomfortable with me going at the pace I go? You know, you know it's interesting. That's- I, I, and I, and I, I don't, I don't judge. I, I haven't judged anybody for, for being cautious. Um, yeah. I wish candidly people were less cautious, but I don't, sure. I don't judge anybody for being cautious. I think there are people right. who are having a very serious time dealing with this and, and, and are, and are, you know, quarantining themselves and are limiting their contacts. And that's fine. Um, if I could change anything, it would be the public, uh, news feed that is feeding all of this and try to make it more consistent. That is like when hell freezes over, call me. Cause that's when that'll happen. Um, I don't, well, you know, what's, yeah, you know what's really interesting is there's a show that came out on Frontline and say what you will, PBS, I'm a big supporter, it's public television, like, you know, whatever. I think they try to be kind of objective. Yeah. So Frontline's a news show, it's an investigative news show, and they came out and they just did like a, you know, kind of a, how did we get to where we are? I don't think they were trying to put anybody on the spot. I don't think they were trying to necessarily point the finger. It's way too early for all that. But I, I thought it was fascinating um if if you're interested to go back and just see how this all kind of started back in like november and you know to think that okay here we are now six seven months later and all of a sudden it's kind of like in the u.s especially where it's all about you know we got to get the economy cranking again and i get it man i'm like i don't want 30 million people to be out of work and i don't want us to have a depression and i don't you know what i mean so i get that but there's there was such a rush to like lock down and now there's a big rush to kind of open up. And yet we still, I don't feel have like a real solid like plan coming from the top. And maybe that's me thinking that we should have a plan and the government should have a plan. And I'm not sitting here saying like the government should be telling me when is it okay to go out and about? I think I got to make that decision and I got to be you know, a parent and adult and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's just interesting how you and I having this conversation, like you have to make these choices based on what you think, what you hear, what you read, what's what you, you hope is going to work. And it's, you know, I guess, man, I'm going to mask up when I, you know, when I go out and about for now, because I guess that's one of the best things you can do to reduce the probability of catching it. Like, you know, well, you so. reduce the probability for you and you reduce the probability for others. For others, um, yeah. And again, I, when I see people with masks on and, and you know, we're out and about and I'm not wearing one, I, I, you know, for me, I don't mean this to sound arrogant. I don't care if anybody judges me on how I am yeah. living my life. Um, right. 
I think there's a tremendous amount of, of um, you know, fear mongering going on when when people are listening to the news and, and you talk about cases that are going up. And, and the only way it's a real risk is if the death rate in, increases and if, you know, the elderly or at risk continue to contract and not be able to recover. Um, if it's the flu, I know it's much more contagious and I'm not comparing it to the flu. Right. But if it is a, a virus that you catch and heal from and there are not long-term effects that come from c- contracting this virus, then just give it to me and I'll be over. I'll be done. And, um, and I don't mean that to sound flippant. It's not. It's just I can't control getting the flu even with the flu shot. I'm not going to be able to control getting the coronavirus with a vaccine, and I'm not going to live my life for the next three years until they figure out what the cure is. Um, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, everybody has their own opinion, but the, the one opinion that matters is whether or not my immune system is going to be able to handle it and other people's immune system is going to be able to handle it. And, you know, I think we rely too much on, and I'm not saying you are, but I think we rely too much on other people telling us what to do. And the fact of the matter is, if you're just not stupid and you everybody works together, we'd all be in a much better situation. Because you can't continue to shut down. You can't go backwards. But we also can't criticize states for opening back up. Um, right. You know, we all just need to be smart. It's like the guys from AECOM said last week. It's just, look, have confidence in where you're going and how you're acting. Um Find the balance and let's all work towards you know, this thing being forgotten about. Um, and well, and, and that's why like, I thought the Frontline show was, was, I thought, illuminating in some respects because it talked about, and everybody's, you know, I say everybody, but there's a lot of, you know, folks that say, gosh, why couldn't we have been more like South Korea? You know, why couldn't we have been more prepared and, and taken more of that action? It's just, you know, we're just di- we're a different country, just different culture, different different approach, different mentality. And we also didn't go through what they went through in terms of, you know, building a apparatus between the public sector and the private sector about how to respond when there's a, you know, a deadly outbreak. They had been through this before. They had invested in those partnerships. The question will be, I'm, I'm trying to look forward, and I'm sure you are too. The question will be coming out of this, you know, what do what are the lessons that we learn, right? And what are the investments that the government and private sector make so that we're prepared, hopefully, the next time something like this happens? Heaven forbid, nobody wants it to ever happen again. But, you know, one of the things that we, you were hopeful, right? After 9-11, that was an awful, horrible, you know, terrible, you know, um, series of events that happened, right, to, to us. And yet, look at the response, right? We've, we've, we've put in place all these new measures, at least for travel purposes, right? And certainly for the purposes of, of defense, national defense, that, you know, all aim to try to address that happening. So, you know, will we do the same thing with respect to a virus? I don't know. Right. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. And I'm definitely going to be paying attention because I'm a voting, taxpaying I care, right? I mean, I don't want to be shut down again, you know, for five to six months and and have all these people lose jobs. That's a big point. It's how are we going to future-proof the response? Yeah. Um, Because, again, unlike 9-11, there are are a myriad of things, and everyone is impacted by this. And, 
um, you can't contain um, any type of you know bio warfare or whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. Um, you just have to be prepared for it, and, yep. and, and that's where communication and the right information. I hope comes out of this because if we learn anything from all of this, it's that the divide in our country um, is real and it, it is, it transcends every issue. It's not just whether you're Republican or Democrat and what you're going to, who you're going to vote for in November. It now that divide is, is very much become political. It is politicized. Even this global pandemic. Um, right. It's, it's, it's well, politicized and, and, on the news. It's politicized in, in, in everything that you read and everything that you see and, and the people who fall on one side or the other, the, the more cautious versus the less cautious are now being segmented into, you know, different political groups and who knows where the hell they fall. Um, right. It's just, it's, it's, it's not the direction I, I would prefer we go. Well, yeah, we as a country have gone through just so much, right? In, in this short period of time, it's a lot. I mean, it's just like enough to like affect your mental state of being, right? And I'm just, I'm glad that for the sake of your family and mine and, you know, not, not to be selfish, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that we've been able to get through this so far without, you know, anybody in your family c- contracting in and anybody in ours, because we're just talking about what ifs. Yeah, There's well, a lot of people that have caught it. There's a lot of people that have been affected and lost income or lost a job, you know, and, and I'm sure you know some of them, and I do too. And for them, this shit feels real right now. It's not theoretical. It's happening to them. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's where I think sometimes you're right. Like sometimes the, the news story about 30 million people lost their jobs, it's hard to even put your head around that. Like, huh? And then until you talk to somebody that's been affected, like, or somebody that you know who's died, then it starts to hit home, right? And that's why, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be really critical for this country over the next six to 12 months for us to try to find ways to heal. Right. And I say that in the, in the health sense, but in also in the sense that we got a big election coming up, you know, and God, our kids are going back to school right here in the next couple of months. And, you know, it's just so many big things coming up and you got the economy that's, hopefully going to start to get stronger and stronger, but there's still just a ton of unemployment and um, un- yeah. a lot of uncertainty. And so you just, you know, you're, I'm optimistic that we can look forward, look through the, the, the front windshield instead of trying to drive by looking through the rear view mirror, right. To use a, just an obvious analogy. And man, it's just going to, like you said, it's going to take everybody. Um, and it, it's, it is going to feel polarized and it is going to feel like there's people that are getting left behind Cause there are, and that's a normal feeling. So you got to talk about it. You got to address it. You know, you know, you, you hit on a great point there and I want to transition this, uh, into this week's cul-de-sac chat. Um, because you know, I think there's these things kind of play off of each other. Um, one is you, you, you talked about being really, you layered on to the sensitive, the sensitive component, being sensitive for others. And that's hard for all of us to do. That's hard for me to do at times when I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to react? How am I going to respond? But you hit the nail on the head. There are people who this is very real for. Um, And I don't know a tremendous amount of people who have caught this. And I don't know people who have 
lost loved ones. And I don't know a lot of people who have been impacted by it. Um, I know a lot of people who have been impacted by the economy and their job loss. And, and, and I feel terrible for those people. Um, one of the things that that's starting to happen in my life, Andres, that I'm trying to figure out how to deal with is how to communicate with my kids because it has now become a buzzword with my kids. And this leads us into this week's cul-de-sec chat. Um, my kids are talking about and and blaming things on, not in the negative sense of blaming, but but crediting the coronavirus for things. Um, we can't do this because of the coronavirus. We can't do that because the this is a big deal because of the coronavirus. I mean, it's a daily conversation that we're having, and it concerns me because this is the point in their lives where their memories start to form where their personalities will continue to grow. And we talk about how are the traits in our kids going to make them great adults? Can we develop them into great traits as adults? But that has to do with their experiences as well. Yeah. Right? And this is such a formative part of their development. I don't want this to be something that they're – that they're negatively impacted by in the long run that they go to school and they have to sit in, you know, plastic cubes, um, not be able to be kids and, 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 and engage with their, their parents, I'm sorry, their friends and, and, and other classmates at school. Um, I mean, I, I struggle with that part of it and I, and I'm, what I've been telling them right or wrong is that it's something to be aware of, but not something to be worried about. It's something to be aware of and not something to be worried about. I don't want them to develop this angst and this anxiety and this fear at this age, which there's already a problem in this country with the younger generation developing anxiety. I don't want that to be something that is the catalyst for that anxiety in this youngest generation. Um, I mean, are you talking about this uh, with the kids? Has it come up? I mean, how are you guys handling it? So we've, uh, you know, we've had discussions about, you know, I would say more, more around kind of the, some of the stuff you talked about just in terms of hygiene, less probably about kind of the mental component. Um, I find myself and I think Heidi too, you know, constantly reminding the kids just, you know, being responsible you know, my boys still suck their thumbs, right? I mean, that's just a little sort of silly example. But we have allowed the kids to kind of play with a lot of freedom in the neighborhood. You know, we're not, while we're not going out and we're not doing summer baseball and we're not going and doing camps and we're not, um, you know, at the point where we're going to restaurants as a family, when they're at home and when they're in the neighborhood, we're giving them a lot of runway. We are not going over and swimming at the neighbor's house with 12 or 15 other people and their kids, you know, on a Saturday when that would be an opportunity. And our kids are frustrated about that. And they're, they're, we go by there because I take them down to the dog park behind our house and we come back and they hear 10 kids and 10 adults having a great old time on a Saturday afternoon. And it's 90 degrees out. And they're like, 
I can't wait till we get back from seeing grandma and grandpa so that we can go and do that. And I'm like, there's no guarantee that we will do that. Right. So we are having those discussions about understanding delayed gratification and and being okay with missing stuff. And it's hard for them. Right. Because they're curious and they're interested and they see their friends doing it. And yet we keep coming back to this is just a unique time that we're in. And I know Heidi's kind of hit her point where she's like, we got to travel. We got to go do something. We can't just spend the whole summer like inside. And so we are. We're going to see, you know, in-laws and we're going to go see, you know, um, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. But that's raised issues. It's raised stressful issues because they're coming from Illinois. We're coming from Georgia. We're going to Missouri. And everybody's at a, you know, kind of at a different level of comfort. And so yeah. I don't quite know how that's all going to play out and if it all will. I mean, I hope that we'll still be able to do the trip. But there have been a lot of heavy, big topics, obviously, to say the least. I'm not pointing out anything other than the obvious. There's been a lot of discussions um, in our country. And we've had them around our dinner table about what's happening you know, in terms of protests and injustice and racism. We've talked about that stuff. You know, I would say Frankie, eight, eight years old, she probably understands it a little bit more, you know, than Renzo and certainly than Maximo. But we constantly are trying to remind them about loving the person in front of you. I said this on a prior show. It's, it's, a, it's a line that I'm going to steal from, you know, Smyrna First United Methodist Church down the street. You know, we're not Methodists, but our kids went to Smyrna First United Methodist for preschool and and I, I love what they say about loving the person in front of you because, yeah, we all want societal change. and We all want these problems to be addressed. And yet we know that it's going to take each and every one of us just doing the one next thing that you can do. Right. And uh, and I'm just really proud of my kids for trying to sh- be resilient in the face of what is got to be frustrating for them, like not being able to go to the pool and not being able to go. And that's probably partially due to us. Right. Uh, their yeah. parents. Yeah. I mean, um, we're, we're trying to, I'm trying to take the two major issues and, and to s- simplify them uh, in the lessons that I teach the kids. And as it relates to, you know, systemic racism and, and, and social injustice and all that, and, and for, for me, right or wrong has been, you be kind yeah. to everybody. You remember the golden rule of treat others the way that you want to be treated. Like, is it, it's for me, Andres, it's that simple. If you treat others the way that you want to be treated, you're not going to do crazy things. This weekend, someone had the the nerve to hang a uh, a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage at the NASCAR race. Yeah, I saw that. That was really, what, what, really. That person has hate in their heart. Awful. Yeah. And and that's what's got to be fixed. And that's right. what's got to be changed. And when you're working with a kid and you're trying to build your kid into an adult, the traits that you want them to have are understanding, kindness, and appreciation. Because if they have those things, it doesn't matter what the person they're dealing with looks like. They're going to be kind. They're going to appreciate them, and they're going to understand them. And they're going to, you know, they're going to hopefully – be able to listen and hear the challenges that that person faces and, and help if they can. The, 
on the uh, on the coronavirus side of it for me um i don't want this to be something that again becomes a a negative um uh, you know response that's not the right way I, i don't want this to be something that they look back on and gives them this tremendous amount of anxiety and fear yeah okay I am a believer for right or wrong that these kids' immune systems need to be stronger than our immune systems were when we were kids because there's a lot worse shit coming down the pike as they grow up to be adults, okay? And and I, I'm okay with my kids running around. We'll, we go to the pool. We're following the right restrictions. Sure. And, and we, you know, I chair our pool here on the HOA, and I've had to put into place – the restrictions in order for us to be able to use the pool and, and give of my time to go down and make sure that we're following those things. But I don't want my kids to feel like this is running everything. And, I, and again, I don't judge anyone for how they're handling it. I'm just specifically talking about how I'm handling it with our family. And my fear amongst all of this is the angst and the anxiety that it builds for them uh, as they grow older. And the challenges that we face in growing, particularly young boys, is that that's a very real issue with very real consequences that happen as they get older and they start entering into puberty and they start getting into um, very difficult situations in middle school and high school. Yeah, I mean, with the with the activities that the kids have missed at this age, I think we're probably fortunate and I'm saying our family, Heidi and I, and our, our family, because our kids are, are young <laughs> and I'm looking at what they're doing and yeah, we're not, you know, we don't have access to the summer pool and, you know, we're not playing as much baseball and we're not doing as many outdoor activities and doing as many social activities. We haven't seen you guys as much, right? Yeah, and we would definitely be doing more of that. Right. And there's been trips that we've missed, but in the grand scheme of things, they're freaking doing fine. Like, they're fine. If anything, I want my kids to be outside more because I don't want Renzo, you know, getting up and just going straight for the iPad or straight for the, you know, TV in the morning. And, you know, I remember growing up and it was like we went outside, we got on our bikes and we were gone from like, you know, and it sounds cliche, but like we were gone until dinner. Right. We might have come home to eat and then we were back out. My brother and I were, you know, it was just that was the way it was. And that you know the bigger the bigger thing i miss that i that i hope for our kids is that through this experience you know we as parents have learned to trust them a little bit more give them a little bit more space in the neighborhood um to do the the free play right and to have a little bit more freedom um i know that kind of sounds a little counterintuitive given what i've said about how they're they're not you know going around and you know swimming, uh, at the neighborhood, you know, at the neighbor's, uh, backyard pool parties and stuff. But I think that they have developed a, a little bit of resilience in the sense that they realize that they don't need all this constant entertainment and stimulation to occupy their time. And I think that's important. I think they need to learn and, and they are learning how to create and be imaginative and, and to come up with make believe games and, use the toys that they have. Um, and I, I, I see some, some good things coming out of that. And we're actually seeing them playing with more of our neighbors 
that probably do have different interests, right? They might be in different sports. They might, their families might be doing different things in the summer. We're seeing them do a lot more of that. And Heidi and I are definitely getting to know some of our neighbors better through what's going on. And I think I come back to, you know, they're going to, they're going to do what they see their parents do. Yeah, no doubt. So, so what, what they see us doing, what they, who they see us and how they see us interacting with people and how they see us, you know, being open-minded and welcoming and, and listening and trying to engage and get to know our neighbors. Um, I think that's how they're going to respond. And, and I think they're, you know, we have a tremendous opportunity during what's going on in, in terms of, you know, how we prepare and how we go about doing our thing. Um, whether that's something like going to the grocery store or it's going over to a friend's house or doing a picnic at the park. Um, if it's socializing with people in the neighborhood, they have a tremendous opportunity and we do to model what we want to see. And I think that the, my, my view is the world could use a lot more positive modeling right now. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely right. And I, you know, for me right now, what I'm the most focused on is listening to them, listening to what they're saying, listening to how they're talking, uh, listening to the questions that they're asking, because my only fear out of all of this is that I'm not doing my job to make sure I'm handling it the right way with them. And that's what I'm the most attuned to, that I'm working with them to be kind, understanding and appreciate the goal and, and to implement the golden rule. And that I'm, I'm eliminating any platform that could develop anxiety or angst that could develop because they don't understand or they're creating undue cause for that. And, and that we try to keep it simple. We try to keep it um, more Mayberry for them because for us, this has been an incredible time together as a family. And we have chosen to let Andrew run wild in the Creek um, while Ben's practicing baseball and take his shoes off and get dirty and probably catch more crap in that creek than he could by going into Publix. Um, I just, that's important to us. Um, and I don't have the right answer, and I don't, like I said, I don't judge people one way or another. But if somebody's listening to this, at least starts to pay a little more attention to what the conversations are around the dinner table or what they're listening to and the kids are talking back in the car, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yes, yeah. it, it, this conversation was worth it. So we've gone well over an hour. Producer twist isn't with us tonight, so she's going to get mad at us. Um, I think we can put off the, uh, the, the, the deeper traits in our kids uh, and turning them into great traits as adults for another conversation. Cause I definitely want to get into the sports side of it. Some of the things that we're, we're seeing with our boys being in those competitive sports, some funny things Andrew and I have talked about along the way. Um, but let's wrap up for the week and let's jump into, in the spirit of the boys listening to their music and me sharing a little bit of my music with them. How about we get into some, some best bands of all time for this week's final four. How do you think Andres? You go I think it's a, I think it's a good way to wrap up tonight. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you, in, in, instead of doing four, I'm going to give you the, the genre and you give me your favorite band out of that one okay i'll start oh my gosh the 90s man. grunge our heyday andres now i got a whole hip-hop section over there too you know but for me it was pearl jam 
Yeah, 90s. I'm going to go Red Hot Chili Peppers. All right. Well, under the bridge, I like it. 80s hair bands. Give me your favorite mm. 80s hair band. Oh, man. Let me think here. Can I go with Bon Jovi? Bon Jovi's a good one. I'm going to go with Poison. Yeah. Even throw in a little crazy Motley Crue. All right, the all-time debate here. Now, all-time greatest bands. I'm going to give oh. you an option. Stones or Beatles? Oh, man, that's tough. I I got to go... I got to go Rolling Stones just because they're still out there. They're still doing it. I'm going to go Rolling Stones. The music community will stop listening to this podcast because of our answer to this question. I appreciate the Beatles, but I like, I personally like the Rolling Stones music better. I think if you were to poll the world, the Beatles are considered the greatest band of all time. It sounds like the biz dads are on the side of the Stones. A little Mick Jagger action in our life, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, for Twist Generation, give me Ooh. your favorite kind of band. Who's out there today? What are you listening to today? Oh, man. That's tough because I don't – I mean, I am probably one of the worst when it comes to what's the new 21st century rock and roll music like what are the bands that people are listening to brad you got to fill me in dude i mean i wish i could tell you um let's see on the the top 100 right now lady gaga still still at the top the weekend post malone i think i probably go with post malone out of what my kids are listening to wow god yeah I don't know. It's tough. I mean, those feel like pop music to me. I don't even know. Like, uh, there's got to be good rock and roll music out there. Um, I don't think so. I, I don't know. It's rock and roll feels like something that you just you go back to the '90s, the '80s. I never was a big '90s rock music fan. Um, what were you listening to in the '90s? You know me, man. I was listening to like Belbib DeVoe, R. Kelly. I shouldn't even say him on this show. This is like a family show. He's terrible. I can't throw that. Out um, yeah, I was listening to like, I don't know, man. It was it was just way more R and B and way more just jams, man. Jock jams. Well, I think I think to the point though. In this generation, rock and roll is on its last leg because everything else now is pop and hip hop. There's yeah. some good stuff out there right now. So, everybody, throw some comments down on your favorite bands, both yesterday, yesteryear, and today. That wraps up this week's episode of Biz Dads. Andres, happy Father's Day again. Uh, we got a little deep today. Specific, we did get deep. But, man, I liked it. Yeah, me too. It was good. Happy Father's Day to you, man. All right, Biz Dads. Y'all have a great week. We're out.